Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Soccer, Foot and Football. Today we are going to be talking about FIFA, UEFA, Kosovo and the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So there's a lot to unpack in this case. Um, we're going to need to go over kind of the history of Kosovo for a little bit and then go into what happened in terms of Kosovo's recognition in UEFA as a UEFA member, as a FIFA member, and what happened in terms of the Court of Arbitration for Sport and really the lessons that we get from this case for how another how soccer is used by countries to gain recognition internationally. So another example of, you know, using sport, using soccer for soft power and to increase your your influence and your standing globally. So uh, without further ado, I think we can start unpacking this case. And so to start off, it's important to note that Essentially, Kosovo's application for FIFA and UEFA membership was in part, not entirely by any means, but in part um, motivated by wanting to increase their global recognition and by getting on the world stage through sporting events. So essentially, if they were competing as their own nation in world tournaments, then how could anyone possibly deny that they were in fact a nation so that's what we're going to be looking at today but first let's go back a hundred years to 1919 because that is when the ottoman empire collapsed in europe or partially in europe um and kosovo at that point was appropriated to the kingdom of serbs croats and slovenes so Kosovo was a part of this bigger kingdom, um, kind of a region, if you will, in this kingdom. The kingdom in 1945 became Yugoslavia, and Kosovo remained a part of that. Um, they kind of received the title of an autonomous province of Serbia. So they had some things under their control, um, but still a lot under Serbian control, and Serbia was a part of Yugoslavia um, at the time. Fast forward to 1991, and that's when Yugoslavia falls, and subsequently Kosovo immediately attempts to declare their independence on September 21st, 1991. So at this point, they're technically still a part of Serbia, an autonomous region of Serbia, because Yugoslavia no longer exists and was separated into countries, including Serbia, and Kosovo is a subpart of Serbia. However, Kosovo immediately tries to declare independence, like I said, on September 21st, 1991. At that point, only Albania recognizes Kosovo. No one else does. And Albania has ulterior motives to recognizing Kosovo, because of its um, poor relationship with Serbia, to say the least. They really don't get along. So Kosovo declares independence away from Serbia. Albania recognizes it, but no one else. Fast forward to 1999, so about eight years later, and the United Nations launches a 
peacekeeping mission in Kosovo to try and de-escalate the conflict. Um, I won't really go into what the UN did and all that. It's very fascinating, but just kind of outside the, the topic for today. Fast forward another 10 years about, and on February 17th, 2008, Kosovo declares independence once again. This time, there's a little bit more traction. So first, the International Court of Justice um, declares that Kosovo's unilateral declaration of independence doesn't violate international law. So essentially, Serbia wanted the International Court of Justice to just say that Kosovo's declaration is illegal. But the court refused to do that. But they also refused to say that Kosovo is an independent country. Essentially, the International Court of Justice just said their declaration is not illegal. But that doesn't mean they are a country. However, bigger powers started recognizing Kosovo. So it wasn't just Albania this time. There started being the United States, the United Kingdom. And by the end of 2008, so... 10 months or so after Kosovo's second declaration for independence, 51 countries recognized Kosovo. But there was still a lot of countries on the other side of the equation. Specifically, they were led by Serbia um, because of the historical connotation and, or historical context rather, and Russia. Those were kind of the leading opposition. Then from the start of 2009 to 2010, so end of 2010, so about two years, only 17 more countries recognized Kosovo. So that's really not a lot, and it shows kind of the slow process that Kosovo was undergoing to really gain more international recognition. After the initial wave in 2008 of 51 countries, it really slowed down. And it's largely because, you know, Russia was leading the opposition. So if a country had good relations with Russia, they didn't want to recognize Kosovo because it could damage their relationship with Russia. So to speed this process up, Kosovo began working on its soft power to persuade more and more nations to recognize it as a country. And I think one of the first important things to note in the soccer world was a letter written in 2012 by some world-renowned superstars. It included uh, Lorik Kana, the Albanian national team captain for who played for clubs such as Lazio, Olympique de Marseille, and so on. It included Zirdan Shakiri, um, the Liverpool player, and Granit Zaka, the Arsenal player. At the time, I think he played for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, but anyway, those three players, along with a couple other very famous players, wrote a joint letter um, explaining that Kosovo is a country recognized by 91 countries over six continents. So this was 2012. So they got some more recognitions and is already accepted in international organizations such as the IMF and World Bank. It cannot be compared to other territories in Europe and elsewhere currently claiming for similar participation in international football. So in other words, these players were trying to argue that Kosovo has a stronger claim to sovereignty than other territories such as Gibraltar and that they should therefore be able to participate. 
Now, those three players I mentioned all have ties to Kosovo in terms of their origin and heritage, so I think that is important to note. But their point is interesting in terms of Kosovo's recognition in the IMF and the World Bank and how, therefore, they should be able to represent themselves in sport. Two years later, Big Step, the International Olympic Committee, recognized Kosovo's Olympic Committee. So that's kind of how it works in the Olympics um, and similar process in FIFA. Essentially, the quote-unquote country has a committee and that committee applies to be recognized by the International Olympic Committee or by FIFA or UEFA, so on. And so the International Olympic Committee recognized Kosovo's Olympic Committee in 2014. Serbia, of course, heavily protests. And the foreign minister of Serbia is livid, explaining that this is a politicization of sport and is ridiculous and really should not be occurring. But it had tremendous impact for Kosovo. Um, They participated in 2016 for the Rio Olympic Games, and Majlinda Kalmendi participated in women's judo and won the first ever gold medal for Kosovo. So participation and good performance of the Olympic Games really helped legitimize Kosovo. Like, look at our citizens, if you will, performing at a high level under our quote-unquote country's flag. Um, And subsequently, you know, it came time for for UEFA to admit Kosovo as well. And that was uh, two years later, I believe, in 2016. But the vote was extremely tight in UEFA, and I think that really exemplifies the two camps that were kind of painted. The vote was 28 members in favor 24 opposed and two votes declared invalid. Again, Serbia and to an extent Russia protested heavily. And the Football Association of Serbia sued UEFA in the Court of Arbitration for Sport, saying that UEFA did not follow its own rules. So I think a little bit more context about the Court of Arbitration for Sport is essentially a court in Switzerland which aims to resolve these disputes essentially um it has some powers um and is respected by the ioc by fifa and others in terms of really being an impartial court of law to help some of the regulate some of these things that are otherwise very much complex and can be very disputed so serbia very unhappy with UEFA accepting Kosovo's application and that application passing sues UEFA in the Court of Arbitration for Sport, saying that UEFA violated its own rules. So let's look at the rule. The UEFA rule stated that membership in UEFA was, quote, open to national football associations situated in the continent of Europe, which are responsible for the organization and implementation of football-related matters in their particular territory. However, it, uh, end quote, however, it was amended in 2001 to include a provision that UEFA can only give membership if, quote, a country is recognized by the United Nations as an independent state, end quote. 
a couple problems with that rule. The main one being the United Nations does not technically recognize anyone. That's just not how the process works. Countries can recognize other countries, but the United Nations doesn't inherently say, okay, you're a country. Okay, you're not a country. Now, there's membership and non-membership, but that's different because even countries such as Switzerland, which were never disputed in terms of being a country, they just didn't want to join the United Nations for a long time and so weren't in it. So does that mean Switzerland wasn't a country when they weren't in the United Nations? No, definitely not. It was never disputed that Switzerland was a country. They just didn't want to be in the United Nations. So that UEFA rule is just flawed. And the Court of Arbitration pointed to this flawed rule and ultimately, despite that, ruled in favor of UEFA. So let's explain why. The first thing the Court of Arbitration pointed to was that a better standard, one that's actually already being used by the International Olympic Committee and FIFA to some extent, so not UEFA, but FIFA, was that a country is, quote, an independent state recognized by the international community. So although very vague and hard to measure, at least it's possible, right? It's not... They're not asking the United Nations to recognize anyone, which doesn't make sense. This is more of just, does the majority of the international community recognize this country as an independent state? And the Court of Arbitration went on to explain that, quote, Kosovo's independence is recognized by the majority of the international community, and that year, therefore, UEFA did not violate its own rules by accepting Kosovo's membership application. So they pointed to a couple different factors, such as other countries recognizing Kosovo, different uh, organizations recognizing Kosovo, such as the Olympic Committee, and so on. So this kind of standard or definition that is placed is extremely important because although there's no perfect definition for what an independent state is, this emphasis that the Court of Arbitration for Sport and FIFA and UEFA and the Olympic Committee all place on recognition from the international community demonstrates the important role that public organizations or that you know, private organizations such as FIFA can have because they can start feeding off of each other, right? If one of them recognizes Kosovo, we'll say like the International Olympic Committee, then FIFA can say, oh, they're recognized here. That means we can recognize them too. And if the more and more they're recognized by these organizations, the more and more legitimate their claim to be an independent country is going to be, and the harder and harder it is going to be for countries such as, in this case, Serbia and Russia to deny that claim. Because they are, Kosovo would be participating in these organizations as an independent country. So, Kosovo still does not have a seat at the United Nations to this day. March 21st, 2021, Kosovo does not have a seat at the United Nations. But they have platforms such as the International Olympic Committee and FIFA, and it's incredibly important for them. I was reading uh, a paper um, written by Ryan Gauthier for the Canadian Yearbook of International Law. It's called 
constructing statehood through sport, football, Kosovo, and the Court of Arbitration for Sport. It's really, really interesting. It was published in 2019, like I said, in the Canadian Yearbook of International Law. Definitely recommend um, giving it a read. But he gives interesting arguments about the importance of this. Because, first of all, he claims that the global media exposure of sport has established sport as a highly visible human activity in comparison to many other activities and political institutions. And in conjunction to that, he says, since sport is less prestigious and less overtly linked to power than issue areas such as national security or trade, major powers are less likely to dominate sport, end quote. So I think those two claims put together are extremely important. So first, with regards to the second one, um, sport being less linked to power and less you know, important, so to speak, than national security or trade. That's extremely important because it levels the playing field for countries such as Kosovo to step in. Um, because... You know, in the United Nations, Russia can essentially use their veto against Kosovo however they please because Russia is a permanent member of the UN Security Council. But in FIFA, there's more of a level playing field and they don't have the power to do that. And sport is less linked to issues of national security or trade or other. So there's more room for Kosovo, for Gibraltar, for others to kind of step in and make room for themselves. And that's incredibly important because once they step in, like Ryan Gauthier explains, the exposure they get from it is more than they would in other political institutions such as the UN. And that is extremely important for their recognition, for the legitimacy of of their claim. You know, if a casual soccer fan starts just assuming that Kosovo is a country because they saw Kosovo play England, and you repeat that and repeat that and repeat that and repeat that because of the visibility of FIFA, of World Cup, of World Cup qualifiers even, of the Euro, etc., etc., then Kosovo's claim to sovereignty just gets more and more and more legitimate. So that's the power that sport has. That's the power that recognition and UEFA and FIFA and the Olympic Committee all have. And it's just incredibly important for nations such as Kosovo. It really, really is. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say on this case. I think it's really fascinating and it illustrates yet another example of how important sport can be in terms of soft power, in terms of establishing norms in the international community and so on. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know I really enjoyed reading about it and I again recommend looking at Ryan Gauthier's um, article but that's going to do it for me I hope you have an excellent rest of your day and thank you very much for listening to the podcast bye